It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. I am not quintessential New Yorker, Arthur Idala. You do not have him tonight, but you have me tonight. And my name is David Schwartz, and I have the honor and privilege of filling in for the great attorney, Arthur Idala. Arthur Idala, yes. And I, I just hope I could fill in the shoes. And I told Artie, I told Artie right from the start, I cannot do this show unless we make it a powerful hour. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to make it a powerful hour of radio for all of New Yorkers to hear. I will be filling in for Arthur Idala today and tomorrow. And we have an action-packed schedule, a schedule that you will not believe. However, let me just talk to you about two seconds for my friend, my dear friend and colleague, Arthur Idala, because it is an honor to be here Artie and I started in the Brooklyn DA's office together way back in the early 90s. Artie was one class ahead of me, but I have to tell the audience that you thought the guy worked there for 20 years. I've never seen, there is nobody that takes over a room, an office, an environment, what, wherever it is. There's nobody that takes over a situation like Arthur Idala. So I remember sitting there, Alex, I remember sitting there in training. Right. And we're sitting there in training and, I'm, and they're going through what it's like, what it is to be a Brooklyn D.A. And Artie was only six months into the job. He's walking into my training class. He's hugging the D.A. I'm like, who is this guy? I have to know this guy. Who is this guy? And and uh, really just we all know what an amazing trial attorney Artie is. But I but the audience should know he's got a heart of gold. He he truly cares about people. Uh, we have sat down for hours lunches at Michael's restaurant, and he will get into all types of issues, and he's an amazing human being. So it really is an honor uh, to sit here. We've got Joan here. She's doing the Twitter today. I heard she did an awesome job the other day. So we're all just trying to fill in. We're all trying to fill in the, the pieces of the puzzle until Artie gets back from his his lovely vacation. Am I allowed to say where he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. He's in Paris for the Rolling Stones. So that's a good reason to go away. But uh, Artie, we love you, and um, we're going to try to make you proud. So, look, I'm David Schwartz. Uh, like Artie, I am an attorney. We we have a different focus. I run a lobbying government relations practice and a litigation practice. And a lot of people ask me, well, what do those two have in common? What does litigation and lobbying have to do with one another? It has to do with advocacy, advocacy. So whether you're an advocate in the courtroom, whether you're an advocate in the halls of the legislature, whether you're an advocate in the court of public opinion, that's what we do for our clients. It's all about advocacy. It's passionate advocacy. And that's what we do all day long. Artie does the same thing. He focuses in on the courtroom. He's got the high-profile cases. And I'm telling you, there is no better trial attorney than Arthur Idala. But I'm pretty damn good myself, I must say. And uh, I've had a lot of jury trials, and, uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Artie's a mentor to me. Um, and and we talk about the law all the time, and just what a great guy, what a great guy. But we have a great show for you today. And and before I get into the show, our lobbying firm is Gotham Government Relations and Communications. My law firm is Gerstmann Schwartz, and I must tell you, I've always been drawn to these larger-than-life characters. I really have, and uh, certainly Arthur is one of them. And we weren't even that close in the DA's office. We actually became much closer after the DA's office, we just became such good friends. My law partner, Brad Gerstman, he's another larger-than-life character, and I, I was always drawn to him from day one. 
you know, a guy like uh, who we just uh, we just had John Katsimatidis, the 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 Cats at Night show right before this. I was drawn to him early on, and he's been a dear friend of mine and client of mine for a, a very long time. So I'm always drawn to these larger than life people. So. Today, we have a great show, and tomorrow, we have a real special surprise. In fact, I wish Jerry Crowley was here, because I, he, I knew he would be walking the halls tomorrow, but tonight is tonight, and we're going to be talking about a couple of very important issues tonight. We're going to be talking about, you know what, if you want to hear about uh, 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 January 6th, and you want to hear about all the things that these other news channels just play out, play out, play out. You know what? Turn off, turn, turn it off right now because we're going to talk about issues that concern New York that are very important, and I want to tell you why. And we're going to focus in on those issues. We're going to talk to Edward Dominich. All right, he's the former. Uh, uh, he worked for the. Um, he ran the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. He was the sheriff of New York City. He was uh, a special agent in charge, has a great history in law enforcement. But one of the items that he's been focused on throughout his career are illegal untaxed cigarettes. And that's something that I've been on for a very long time. Now, it sounds like it doesn't sound like a big deal. So what? People are smoking illegal untaxed cigarettes. Well, it's costing New Yorkers, Joan, it's costing New Yorkers two point four billion with a B billion dollars every year. Okay? In the last fifteen years, New Yorkers have lost thirty seven point five billion dollars, which is a report that I have just issued. $37.5 billion. So when they're trying to tax you and they're trying to tell you that we need more money for this and we need more money for the MTA and we need, uh, we, we need um, congestion pricing, you know what? Tell your government to go take a hike. All right? Go tell them to take a hike. They are losing $2 billion a year due to untaxed cigarettes. It's coming right up through the I-95 corridor. And I argue, and I argue these points all day long, okay, that if you're going to raise a tax to the highest tax in the nation, which is $57.50 a carton of cigarettes, okay, in North Carolina, it's like $0.12 a carton, okay? They're bringing it up from North Carolina. They're bringing it up from Virginia. They're bringing it up from Georgia, okay? And they're selling it throughout the city of New York. They're putting bodegas out of business. They're putting uh, legitimate business people out of business. They're putting um, legitimate wholesalers out of business. All right? So I've been involved with this issue for a very long time. And, Ed, and, and Edgar Dominich has been involved with this issue forever. And he's going to tell us, you know, what are some of the ways we could stop this? And so next time um, Artie has his good friend Eric Adams on the show, maybe Artie could tell him, listen, Eric, you could save us $2 billion a year. Let's get started on this. Let's go after the criminals. Okay. So, so we're going to have, um, uh, uh, we're going to have Mr. Dominich on our show very shortly. But we're also going to have Emilio Ortiz from City Pups. Okay. And Emilio isn't, in, we're involved with an issue together. Full disclosure, I'm a lobbyist on the issue and on the cigarette issue. Okay. But Emilio, okay, owns, uh, is, the ma- is the manager of a wonderful, wonderful puppy shop called City Pups. And we're going to be talking to Emilio. There's a bill which unfortunately passed both houses in New York State, which is basically going to ban the sale of puppies and cats in brick-and-mortar stores, which is asinine. It is asinine, okay? Because brick-and-mortar stores are highly regulated by the government. They're, go- they're regulated by the federal government, the state government, and the city government, okay? Highly regulated, and now these activists, these extremists, want to put our brick-and-mortar stores out of business. And they're doing it through lies, through absolute lies, and they're spending millions and millions of dollars doing it. So, so Emilio is an incredible advocate. He's, he's, he, he's the, these, the people that run these stores 
are have a heart of gold. They're the salt of the earth. And you're going to see that with Emilio. So we have two incredible guests. And then tomorrow, we have one more minute. Okay. Tomorrow, I will let out the secret. I'm sure you've seen it on social media. The great Michael Cohen, my dear friend and, and client for many, many years, is going to be on the show for the full hour tomorrow. And we are going to focus in on who is Michael Cohen. We're going to focus in on the man, the myth, the legends. So we're really looking forward to that interview, and you're going to learn a lot about Michael Cohen. And I hear the music coming on, so I guess I guess I made it through the first segment. I've just been talking and talking and talking. I didn't know if I could make it through. I didn't get to the birthdays, but we'll get to that later on. And uh, this is very exciting. You are listening to the author, Idala Power Hour. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or a rehab center? Obviously, we hope not. But look, that can happen to anyone at any time. Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? You know that the cost of a nursing home is 500 bucks a day? That's right. It comes out to $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay for the medical and facility expenses? Don't panic. Just do what so many others have done over the course of 40 years. Call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These guys really know their stuff. They've been doing it for a long time. They've helped hundreds and hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. It's 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You know their offices are in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. They're always there to help. The time to act is now. Don't wait. Call Connors and Sullivan today. 718-238-6500. You will be glad that you did. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flex Flexibility of third row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call We are back at the Arthur I. Dollar Power Hour, and um, we're going to get right into it now. Um, the first issue we're going to be talking about today are illegal cigarettes uh, coming into New York City. Uh, big, big problem. Uh, we're going to have Edgar Dominich. Edgar, are you there? 
I am, David. Good talking to you, champ. Good talking to you, Edgar. Edgar, we've been uh, fighting the good fight for a while. And um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? All right. Well, again, thank you, David. It's great to be with you. Uh, Again, my name is Edgar Dominich. Uh, I've got a little over 30 years of law enforcement experience. I was uh, an agent with the uh, Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Farms, and Explosives for a little over 26 and a half years. I also ran ATF's New York Field Division office d- during the, uh, the tragic events of 9-11. Uh, and then when I retired, uh, Mayor Bloomberg brought me in to New York City uh, as the sheriff of New York City, and I actually created the, uh, the Tobacco Enforcement uh, Compliance Unit that's still in existence today to tackle the issue of Ill- illegal and illicit tobacco products coming into New York City. That's that's incredible. What an incredible background. Before we get into the cigarettes, tell us a little bit about 9-11 and some of your experiences uh, uh, leading that division at the time. Well, at, at the time, our office, our field division was uh, located in Six World Trade Center. Uh, I was actually in the office at, uh, that day, that morning, uh, when the planes hit. Uh, and, uh, you know, fortunately that day we didn't lose anybody, uh, but we're able to help render assistance and help with the recovery uh, and the rescue efforts of not only New York City Police Department and the Fire Department. But since that time, we have lost uh, three agents to 9-11 related mm. uh, medical issues, unfortunately. And we've got a number of others who are in the uh, 9-11 uh, medical program as well. So, uh, you, you know, uh, tragic day. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm a New Yorker, uh, grew up in New York, went to school at John Jay College of Criminal Justice. Uh, so New York is home for me. Of course. Uh, so, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's part of the fabric of who we are in New York. Yeah. Um, so we, the, the building that you were in that day, so it's it, Six World Trade Center. That was one of the smaller buildings uh, connected to buildings one and two, right? Correct. That was the Customs House, the U.S. Customs House. Right. Uh, that was uh, only had five, six stories in it. Uh, it was it was one of the smaller uh, of the units. Uh, it was uh, between uh, one and seven, uh, seven World Trade Center, which was right right across from us. Uh, and my office actually viewed the globe at the time. So, yeah. So I want to I want to um, and you've had such a storied career in law enforcement and, and you certainly are, are one of our heroes and. Um, you know, when when you read your resume, the very last one, the very last point on your resume are is uh, that you formulated law enforcement strategies to dismantle illicit tobacco activities. OK, and, and I'm assuming that's when you were at the uh, at ATF. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, well, uh, with ATF, uh, part of ATF's uh, jurisdictional responsibility uh, is to investigate the issue of illicit uh, tobacco uh, operations and activities on a national uh, scale. So uh, I basically coordinated a number of long-term undercover operations where we targeted individuals who were, in fact, engaged in distributing, manufacturing, distributing illicit tobacco products to various states throughout the United States. Uh, these were long-term undercover operations uh, in order to understand and target uh, the criminal element. I think what many people don't realize is that cigarette trafficking is a large-scale organized crime type of activity. Uh, and with any type of illicit tobacco trafficking pattern, uh, it's not only about the cigarettes. It's about the associated crime that that's brought into the communities that bring that uh, receive these illicit products. So, you know, you're going to get money laundering, you're going to get credit fraud, you're going to get an uptick in burglaries and robberies. Uh, So the community uh, is impacted from a negative standpoint as well. Whenever you have illicit tobacco coming into communities. Sure. And, and, you know, with the price disparity where you're talking about pennies in North Carolina uh, Georgia and Virginia, uh, when they bring that up to New York, and our tax is fifty eight dollars and fifty cents a carton. I mean, what what kind of money is made uh, through through this type of trafficking? Well, you're talking. Well, the lost revenue for New York City and New York State is uh, for New York City. It's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. 
And collectively for New York State, it's been estimate, estimated that it's anywhere between one to two billion dollars of lost revenue every year because of this activity. Yeah. Uh, and, and people wonder, well, how is that possible? Well, be- because New York City is the number one location for illicit and illicit uh, tobacco products in the United States. So it is the prime location for traffickers to bring product into New York City because the money can be made in New York City like in no other place in the country. Absolutely. And, you know, you know, the crazy part, Dominic, um, um, I'm sorry, Edgar, Ed, Edgar, um, the crazy part about this is, you know, I'll have arguments with with uh, with elected officials and I'll say it's 40 million cartons that we're losing every year. And and you multiply that by fifty eight dollars and fifty cents. We're losing two point four billion dollars a year. And they'll look at me and they'll, they'll say, no, we're not. We're not looking. We're not losing two point four. We're only losing, you know, like you said, two billion dollars a year. And, I, and, and, and it's just shocking because I'm, I'm 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 staring at them. I'm saying, OK, let's take your number. Why are you not doing something about this? Why is the government allowing the criminals to make between one and two billion dollars a year at the expense of the people of the state of New York? What say you, Edgar? I agree. Yeah, I, I, well, I agree with you. Uh, we, here's, I, let's take it from a, you're a practical guy like I am. Let's take it from a practical perspective. In New York City, when I was a sheriff there, over 60% of the inspections that we conducted for tobacco products in the stores that had a cigarette license that's required in New York City, over 60% of them had, in fact, untaxed or counterfeit tobacco products in their store. Okay? That is, and just just think of that. Over, 50, over close to 60% of the stores were already engaged in selling untaxed or counterfeit cigarettes when I was a sheriff, and that was eight years ago. Yeah, tell us a little bit okay. about your time as a sheriff. What, in fact, explain well, to our listeners, what, what is a sheriff? People don't really understand. What does the sheriff of New York City do? Well, the sheriff's office actually has got a, a unique history. It, it is actually the oldest law enforcement department in the country, and it is the chief civil law enforcement entity in New York City. So it handles all of the civil aspects for the civil court processes, evictions, custody issues. Uh, if you have a dispute with uh, your landlord, uh, things of that sort. So any type of civil matter goes through the civil courts and the sheriff's office, because it's required by law to have an office in each of the five boroughs in order for the civilian, the, the public, to go there and basically ask for service of another individual who, who resides in that borough. And one of the unique things about the sheriff's office, because it falls under the Department of Finance in New York, is that Department of Finance, as we all know, basically is the tax collector entity for New York City. Well, cigarettes, what do we put on cigarettes? We put a tax. So the sheriff's office is the entity that is then responsible to ensure that taxes are, are properly collected and that individuals are, in fact, adhering to the laws as it relates to uh, tobacco products so, in so, New York City. So, Edgar, we only have a, a minute and a half left. So tell us, what are some of the solutions? What can we do to stop this problem? Well, one of the things we have to do, quite honestly, is we have to get the politicians, along with FDA, Food and Drug Administration, which is advocating a menthol ban on cigarettes, uh, along with law enforcement around the table. It's got to be a three-prong approach. And the approach I view is, is a tobacco harm reduction strategy. So what that means from my perspective is we, we take a look at the public health issue and the public safety issue. And what we're saying is let's find nic- uh, nicotine alternatives for individuals who are smoking. Let's all agree that smoking is a health issue. Okay. And let's make sure that we find those, those alternatives and let's make sure that they're affordable and that they are, in fact, available to those who are looking to basically stop smoking. And then that way we don't create an illicit market for organized crime groups to come in and take over communities. Because, again, cigarettes are a fabric 
of the bodegas and the small mom and pop stores in New York City. It's part of how they exist and are able to sustain themselves. Absolutely. Let's not remove that product from them because we're harming them as well. Absolutely. So it should again, be sold in I a advocate. Yep. yep. It should be sold in a brick and mortar store and we need to support our bodegas. Edgar, I'm so happy that we have you working on this issue, and I look forward to working with you more on this issue. We're coming against a hard break, but thank you again for coming on to the Arthur Idala Power Hour, and uh, you were terrific. Thank you, Edgar. Thank you, David, for letting me have this opportunity. Appreciate it. Take care. Be well, my friend. Bye-bye. That was Edgar Dominich. We are. We'll be back with the Arthur Idala Power Hour. All of us at the AM970 family know Susan. She's the one who's going to take care of you. If you're considering painting your home, you got to listen to me. You can't do it until you speak to Susan and get a consultation with her. Now more than ever, protect your greatest investment, your home. Rhino Shield, as you now know, is a ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your home and it looks just like paint, but it's 10 times thicker than paint. Rhino Shield guarantees your house will look as if it was freshly painted. You ready for this? For 25 years. It's a 25 year transferable warranty. 25 years. When was the last time anyone guaranteed anything for you for 25 years? Rhino Shield will increase the resale value of your home. You know why? Because it lowers your energy costs. It holds the hot air in during the wintertime, and it holds the cold air in during the summertime. And now Susan is offering no payment, no interest, financing for one year. 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote by August the 31st. Call 877-744-6608. 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com and set up an appointment. And make sure you tell Susan Arthur sent you. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. As I said before, I am not quintessential New Yorker Arthur Idala, but I am David Schwartz, and uh, I hope you got a lot about uh, a lot out of that last segment on illegal cigarettes, how it's ruining the city, two billion dollars lost. Hey, if anyone disagrees with me, you could call me at eight seven seven nine seven zero two nine nine nine, and we'll have a whole debate over that. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, how could you talk about smoking? How could you talk about?" No, it's about revenue. It's a revenue issue. It's not a smoking issue. So, and Edgar is going to fight the good fight. Let me get to the birthdays, all right? We have, I want to keep the Arthur Idala Power Hour consistent with how Artie runs the show. Um, so, um, today's birthdays are um, Jim Davis, cartoonist known for Garfield. He's 77 years old. Sally Struthers, wow, 75 years old. I can't believe it. 
Gloria, how could Gloria be be uh, seventy five, right? Um, Lori Lachlan, fifty eight years old. Dana White, entrepreneur and president of the UFC, is fifty three. Elizabeth Berkeley is fifty. Wow. Um, Soldier Boy, rapper, is thirty two. Cher Lloyd, who's a singer, is twenty nine. And Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, former first lady and widow to former President JFK, would have been 93 today. She died on May 19th, 1994, at the age of 64. Wow. Um, so I also want to acknowledge um, a great, a, a, a historic figure in New York City, historic uh, figure in New York City politics, uh, Michael Long, the great chairman of the conservative party and by the way i'm the farthest thing from a conservative but i love mike like an uncle uh this was a great man uh he recently passed away um i i actually went to the wake yesterday there was a line around the block for this wake a line around the and it just kept going and going and going uh in fact john katsimatidis was at the wake yesterday i saw him and uh mike was a great new yorker he was a marine uh, they don't make them like Mike anymore. So, Mike, may your life be a bless, be for a blessing, and uh, God bless, God bless to the whole long family and a big family. Uh, I think Mike had nine children, and they were all introducing me as you know. I knew a bunch of the kids, but uh, some of them, oh, I'm Mike's son number seven. I'm Mike's num- son number six. So um, it was incredible. Uh, what an incredible human being! Great New Yorker. Mike Long. So I do want to get to another issue today. And again, you may want to scream and yell at me over this issue. And I really don't care. I'm used to it already. I've had plenty of people screaming at me. It's no problem. But we are going to talk about the illogical Albany, the puppy ban. They want to shut down pet stores. All right. Because we have some people who are so out of touch. We have so many people out of touch in Albany uh, making rules and regulations. They have, they've never run a business. They don't know what it's like to run a brick-and-mortar business. And that's where this puppy issue really relates to the bodega cigarette issue that I just did. Because it's all about hardworking New Yorkers and running businesses. And uh, we're going to we're about to speak to Emilio Ortiz. He's the general manager of City Pups in in Manhattan, in lower Manhattan. Uh, Emilio runs an incredible store. They love these puppies. And there's been so much adverse propaganda nonsense that goes around. But somehow these jello head uh, politicians listen to it and they were lied to. So, you know, instead of me rambling on and telling the story. We've got Emilio who's going to tell the story. So Emilio, welcome to the author Idala Power Hour. It's great to great to great to be with you today, Emilio. Thank you so much for having me. And David, let me just tell you, you are absolutely killing it as a radio host. Um, you, you sound great. I mean, this is, this could be a, a whole other profession oh, for you, huh? I appreciate it, but we got to win this. We got to get a veto first on this puppy bill, <laughs> and then I'll and then I'll consider it. So, Emilio, absolutely. why don't you why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, so my name is Emilio, and for the past uh, eleven years, I've worked at City Pups, um, and throughout those eleven years. You know, we, I, I've helped thousands of New Yorkers uh, find a puppy that best fits their life. Uh, we go around the country visiting breeders, making sure that they're humane, making sure that they're responsible, making sure that they take phenomenal care of their dogs. We're transparent about what we do. And we really have a, a passion for, um, you know, finding finding homes for these puppies and, and helping people, uh, you know, make such a such a life-changing decision because like for for someone getting a dog I, it's just, to me it, it's like a decision like uh get like marriage or you know a, a big life decision like that it, it plays it, it's a very meaningful decision that completely changes their life and I, and I cherish the fact that I get to help so many people do that and um you know we're just fighting to to be allowed to stay open and and I mean, and and Emilio, you know, let's talk about that for a second, because mm-hmm. what you just described and what I know in my heart, I've been to your store, I've been to, to mm-hmm. many of the stores, uh, and, and, and what an incredible environment. The people that work at your store and so many of the other pet stores are salt of the earth. 
They they love they love these dogs. They love the cats. But tell us about the fight. You had mentioned a fight, and our audience really doesn't understand the fight. Tell us what the radicals and what what the extremists are saying about you and how you, your store, and stores like yours are somehow a puppy mill. Can you explain that, Emilio? So, so essentially, that so essentially, there's there's puppy mills out there which are these inhumane, deplorable breeders that are just keeping their dogs in awful conditions. And historically, there there have been lots of cases of pet stores sourcing their dogs from breeders like that. But I, I feel like the trap that we're in right now is that they're so used to seeing that so many times before that they just assume that every other pet store now is just like that by default, and they don't even give us the benefit of the doubt or even give us uh, the opportunity to, to show the world, like, oh, no, hey, actually, we're doing a good thing, and our breeders are good people, and they know what they're doing. It's this assumption that simply for no other reason other than that this is a pet store, you're immediately abusing animals, you don't care about them, you just care about the money, you don't care about their well-being, and it's, this, this narrative is taking, taking on a life of its own where – they're not even considering the, the fact that, hey, you know what, maybe there are good pet stores out there and maybe we shouldn't put them out of business. Um, and I, I just don't think this is an effective law. So what they're doing is they're prohibiting the sale of dogs, cats, and and if they do a flat out, if they just flat out prohibit the sale of dogs, uh, yes, of course, that's going to prevent stores from sourcing their dogs from terrible breeders. But it's also going to prevent stores from sourcing their dogs from amazing breeders. And sourcing your dogs from a responsible breeder should not be illegal. And that's what's going to happen. And, and, and Emilio, you know, would you agree with me? You know, we have bad teachers. We have bad. There are some bad police officers. Uh, there's bad everything yeah. in every profession. Right? There's some bad doctors. Of course, there's a couple of bad pet stores. Emilio, do we have laws on the books already to prevent the bad actors from operating in New York? Yeah, there there are. There's a, a number of, of uh, regulations on the books already um, that protect the consumer that are, you know, increased transparencies to let people know the source of their dog. Um, you know, there's inspections, unannounced inspections by different government agencies. And all of these things are meant to disincentivize um, pet stores from working with bad actors. Um, now, can we make those regulations stronger? Of course. Are there still some bad actors that slip through the cracks? Of course. But the solution to the issue is not punishing you know, thousands of people that have nothing to do with uh, an inhumane breeder in Iowa, you know? I mean, there's countless, countless examples of stores that do not source their dogs from these terrible places, and they're going to, in order to prevent bad breeders, they're going to make it illegal for them to work with good breeders. Well, that doesn't do anything to, to hold the bad breeder accountable. Um, so I just think it's a completely misguided bill, and not, not to mention that, Pet stores offer consumer protection, and when someone acquires a dog like a, from a breeder online or if they rescue a dog from a shelter, if, if the dog has any type of issue, they, they don't get reimbursed for their medical costs. They're kind of just on the hook for that. Well, we like pay for medical expenses if, in the rare case, uh, there, there's an issue with the dog. So you're now also eliminating the consumer protection that people get and essentially replacing it with, with nothing. So... Uh, I, I just don't see this as a viable solution. And I, I'll be the first one to tell you that I'm the most anti-puppy mill person out there. I think that we need to shut those places down. Nobody wants to see animals be mistreated or abused. But this law is not the solution. So what if, um, you know, and we're we're together on this fight, Amelia. I made full disclosure of that. Uh, we we are part of a group called Puppy, People United to Protect Pet Integrity. What are some of the things that are being done to, what are some of the things you've done to fight against this bill? Well, so I've gone on meetings with lawmakers. I have started making like uh, informative educational videos about where our dogs are sourced from. Um, I just kind of promoted myself on TikTok and Instagram because I felt like, well, if the politicians are not going to hear me and these other special interests are going to put out a bunch of propaganda then what hope do I have? So I really just started kind of, 
you know, putting my face out there, putting my name out there and kind of showing people what really goes on in our pet store to kind of give them an inside look, an inside look at the breeders we work with. And so far, I've, I've gotten tons of uh, positive feedback. There's lots of people that were concerned about who we were and what we do. And now after these, these series of videos that I put out, they feel a lot better about what we're doing. And I'm changing minds little yep, by little. You are. Um, hopefully... You know, it, hopefully this can make it up to the governor and, and I'm able to win her over and, um, you know, stay in business. I hope so. And I'm praying uh, we're going to take a break, Emilio, but I want you to stay on because we're going to get you on at the uh, for the last quarter of the show. And I do want you to talk about some of these other efforts and where people could find you on Instagram as well. So you just hang on, Emilio. Uh, this is the Author I Dollar Power Hour, 877-970-2999. You know, call us up. If you agree or disagree, call us up. We don't care. All right, we'll be back in just a few. Oh, Lord, please don't let me be misunderstood. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-278. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Tonight's legal night, but Imran Ansari's not on duty. Arthur Idala's out of the country. How about a retired judge from the New York criminal courts? Judge Barry Kamins, the title partner of ABK Law, is going to join us, and it should be fun. See you then. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I could not get along without my balance of nature, and I want to tell you that because of the change people I know have seen in me since I've been taking balance of nature, they are now taking it. And even my manicurist told me the other day that she's seen such a change in my hands that it made a believer out of her, and she's taking it. I'm 74 years old. I ride my bike 25 to 30 miles a day. I feel great. People tell me I'm looking great. And the only thing I can figure out is it has to be the balance of nature. Experience the balance of nature difference for yourself. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code MikeG. This is Hugh Hewitt for townhall.com. Boris Johnson has now stepped down as Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. Either Liz Truss or Rishi Sunak, both Tories, will succeed Johnson. It's been startling to see most of American news media pay scant attention to this story, to this contest. No ally of the United States has been more critical to the battle with global terrorism than the British. Just as the election of Margaret Thatcher to the leadership of the Conservative Party in 1975 marked a sea change for the West, so could the Tories' choice now of a new leader. What we need now is a West recommitted to freedom, personal and national. A woke future is as dreary as California's dystopian landscape. A hesitant response to China won't create the future we all need, and strong leaders matter. The U.S. news media should be doing its best to alert Americans to the stakes, the personalities, and the agenda ahead in Great Britain because of what it pretends not just for the U.S. politics, but for the world. I'm Hugh Hewitt. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Author Idala Power Hour, and it's been a powerful hour. And uh, we are on with Emilio Ortiz from City Pups. 
Emilio, where where could people find you on Instagram and and all these videos that you're making? I want to make sure our audience could find you. Yeah, so on on Instagram you can find us on City Pups NYC, which is C I T I P U P S N Y C. On TikTok, it, we're also City Pups C I T I P U P S, and then on my personal account, Pup Daddy, which is a P U P underscore. <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> that's great. The and father of the pups. That's it. And these, uh, I, I especially like the video where your cat is the general manager of the oh, store. Yeah. That's really yeah. funny stuff. Yeah, Emilio. the cat, which is uh, the boss of the store. You know, that's why we function so, so well. Um, you know, he takes all the emotion out of it. He is a very... You know, he, he focuses on the operations and make sure everything goes according to plan. He's the big boss. So, you know, it really, it just, it, it just, you know, it's been such a pleasure working with you and, and many of the other pet stores. We have pet stores in Long Island that are part of our group. Selmer's has only been in business for 85 years. Your store has been in business for how long, Emilio? About 35 years. 35 now. years. You know, there must be something to these stores, but our adversaries, and I wouldn't even call them adversaries. They're really, they're really intellectually dishonest. They're really some of the uh, some of the scum of the earth. I, I've got to tell you where they tell where they tell people they walk into politicians offices and they tell them that you abuse the dogs, that you overheat the dogs, that you don't feed the dogs. And it just it it, it incent, it's just it just kills yeah. me in such a way to hear that being said. Of 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 the members of our group, the pet stores. Um, how, yeah. I mean, how does it make you feel? Um, I, I gotta be honest with you, man. Like when I when I post some of these videos online, and all of a sudden they'll go viral and get a couple million views. Uh, nothing mentally prepares you for thousands of people just commenting on you, kind of just assassinating your character based on whatever outdated misconception they have of you. And you know, this is something that I take. Uh, seriously, and it's very near to my heart, and it's something I've been doing for the past like ten years. And you know, it, it's really just insane. Like uh, how instead of taking the time to 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 get to know someone and to learn about them, and you know, even if you disagree with the way that they do things, at least maybe we can come together for some sort of compromise and just understand where the other side is coming from. But there's none of that. It's just kind of demonization, sensationalism, and. You know, and it all, all roads leads back to them wanting people to just adopt a dog versus shop for a dog. Yeah, and, let, you know, let, let's talk about that. So can you tell can you tell our audience? I mean, you're not against adoption, are you? You're not, not anti-adoption. Not. No. But, no. but can you tell our audience that they may not be able to? I mean, when they want yeah. to adopt a dog, can you just tell the audience a little bit about that? And maybe they won't find exactly the dog that they yeah. want. No, no, Absolutely. I mean, you know, if someone's looking for a dog, you know, and that's an, an extremely important decision. There's so many factors that come into, in, in, into play when choosing a dog, like your experience level or if you have children or allergies or special needs or all, all these things. And, you know, it, you can't reduce a decision that important down to something as black and white as adopt, uh, don't shop. And, you know, plenty of our customers, they tell me that they, they go to shelters and they don't have the types of dogs that are um, they they feel like they they're capable of caring for. Um, there's other customers that go to rescue organizations and put in applications, and then the, the people running the organization will say, "Oh, well, you don't have a backyard, or oh, you don't have you you have kids, or oh, you never had a dog before," and then turn them away. And a lot of times, those people end up coming to us, and we're a lot more accessible, and we provide education, and we help them pick the the right dog that'll be a good fit for their life instead of turning them away. And, you know, now with this bill is suggesting it uh, alongside with prohibiting the sale of dogs, it authorizes our stores space to be used to host uh, rescue dog events where uh, shelters can bring their dogs in to rescue dogs out of here. But they, they get to keep the adoption fees. We don't keep that. Um, and it's just to me, it's like crazy. You, you have our, our clients will admit that they tried to rescue a dog from a shelter. We're denied. So they choose to go somewhere else, and then now we're going to make we're going to ban that option and replace it with the exact same establishment that just made them getting a dog so difficult. And you know, ultimately, the consumers are going to lose. 
uh, especially when, when you consider that 35% of all online scams last year were dog buying scams. Yeah. These, these applications, these adoption applications are, have never been tougher and they're very competitive. So, you know, the consumers here in New York are ultimately going to be losing in, in all of this. And ultimately, they're the ones that are going to walk their dog and take it to the vet and train it. So they shouldn't be shamed uh, by anyone else into where they should get their dog. And they shouldn't feel bad about the decision. Look, you must be doing something right. I mean, obviously, the propaganda that you're only selling sick dogs and, you know, you've been in business for 35 years, Emilio. Selmers has been in business for 80 years. I mean, you must be doing something right. Don't you think you're doing something right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like like they they, they reduce us down to like these caricatures. Like, and and it's that's like one of the most insulting things too. It's like that the only way that we can operate is if we are money hungry like liars that like exploit people's emotions in order to trick them into buying a puppy, and that the customers that come to our our store are these impulsive Neanderthals that just make in like uh, they don't think about their decisions and they they just buy a puppy. No, and it's quite the opposite. It's, we are very honest. We're transparent. Yep. We, we don't discriminate. We educate. Um, and people come to us because they, they want us to assist them and they've done their research. So it, it's really just and the fact that the government is now like telling them that, no, you can't even have the choice. You don't Ridiculous. even get the choice. I think that is the, the craziest part. So real quick. I, I, Emilio, real, because we are running out of time. Real quick, Linda Rosenthal had the unmitigated goal to get up in front of the entire assembly and tell those people, the legislators in the assembly, that it's only 3%, 3 to 5% of your total revenue. I mean, is this bill going to put you out of business if, it, if the governor signs it? 80, 85% of our revenue is the sale of puppies. And the fact that a, a New York state lawmaker who's elected to represent the interests of New York state would, you know, just misrepresent the, our stores for the sake of advancing an agenda. And, you're, you know, it's going to force 80 small businesses to close. It's going to put over 2000 people out of a job. It's going to make it even harder for New Yorkers to, to find the puppy that they're looking for. And all of that without even holding the worst type of breeders directly accountable for their actions. It's outrageous. Uh, Emilio, we ran out of time, but I I will be right by your side uh, fighting this good fight. And thank you for all you do and um, and for running just a great store uh, in City Park. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you, you having me on. Thank you, Emilio. Take care. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that was Emilio Ortiz of City Pups, you know, talking about the good fight. And, um, wow, I can't believe we're out of time. Alex, Joan, you guys have been great. Alex on the switchboard. Listen, it's been a pleasure and an honor to fill in for my dear friend, the great lawyer, attorney, Arthur I. Dollar. It's been a pleasure um, uh, and, and really call in if you have any questions tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. And uh, tomorrow we got Michael Cohen. OK, so we have Michael Cohen tomorrow. It's going to be an in-depth I- uh, interview with Michael. We're going to learn who the real Michael Cohen is. And um, it's been fantastic. So tune in tomorrow. It's been a pleasure. Goodbye, New York. It's the city that Arthur Idala loves, and it is the city that David Schwartz loves, too. So keep the faith, and we'll see you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi.